Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The Zach Wilson we've been waiting three years for finally showed up on Sunday. Too little, too late probably, but what does it mean for his future, this team, Aaron Rodgers, all of it we're going to get into here on the Can't Wait because we are celebrating a victory Monday. It's been a long time coming. Zach, Zach's clapping. Uh, Zach, how did it feel to cover your team that you're covering winning a football game? <laughs> it does feel like it's been a long time. Um probably feels like it's been longer than it actually has. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what happens in season. Like I was just talking to Zach Kiever for the athletic football show. And I was referencing something that Rogers told us. I was like trying to remember like how long ago Rogers spoke to us. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> it wasn't long, but uh, everything moves slow around here. But yeah, especially because this losing streak happened in the middle of the season. Cause like last year has happened to end the season. That, that feels different weirdly. So, but yeah, it was, it's funny because as we got to halftime, it did not feel like the Jets were headed towards a win because it was one, another ugly game where they couldn't score. And then they scored 30 second half points. We'll get into all the details. But, um, you know, this was this win was meaningful, not necessarily for their playoff hopes, but I think it was meaningful for a bunch of other reasons regarding Zach, job security for some people. Like um, at the same time, it also like it's hard for me not to. I'm sure some fans have thought about this, like, why did it take so long to open things up like this? Uh, and like how many more games do they have won if they weren't so scared to make mistakes, whether it's Zach himself or the play callers. Like, I mean, we talked about on this podcast week after week earlier in the season about like the fear they had of unleashing Zach. And I mean, I think some of that had to do with Zach also being fearful and not taking the throws that were there and, and all that stuff. But yeah, ultimately it all came together to where this is the first complimentary football game they've played where the offense and defense both played well at the same time, which we haven't seen probably since last year when they beat the Bears with Mike White. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that's uh, it, was, it was a win. It's something worth being happy about. I, I, I have seen some fans who are like, this is going to be the classic Jets thing where they play themselves out of a good draft position. But um, I think this is one win, and it's much better than ending on a 10-game losing streak. So you can be like happy that this happened and be happy for Zach and all that stuff. Yeah, I think momentum heading into next year. And everybody says momentum doesn't mean anything yeah. heading into another year. And I get that. There's there's all the time. There's a draft. But like if you're talking about a few positions in the draft for a team that's in should be in win mode now, I'd, I'd almost rather see them play well than, than yeah. get a slightly higher draft pick. Uh, by the way, uh, if you haven't given us a five-star review on yes. Apple, please do it. Now's a good day to do it. Everybody's in a good mood, right? They won, so throw that five stars in there with a nice review. Uh, we're going to read the best ones at the end of the year. All right, let's start with Zach specifically. We'll get into the play calling. We'll get into Brees and the defense as well. Um, but 27 to 36, 301 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He did have the fumble, but that was actually at yeah. the end of a nice scramble. He just should have yeah. slid and whatever. I'm not going to hold that too much against him, although it briefly made me feel like it was going to spark a comeback for the Texans because uh, <laughs> they did go down and score. Their You're thinking touchdown. like somebody follows the Jets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> career best 117.9 rating. So that's the whole game. But Zach, the second half, 18 of 21, 209 yards and two touchdowns. That's elite quarterback play. 
I, I just actually got distracted by a, a comment that um, that somebody just said about how they were at a bar and they were talking to my girlfriend's brother. <laughs> and apparently they went to the same high school. <laughs> Sorry, what, what, uh, what question did you ask? <laughs> that was just like taken aback by that. That's all. Yeah, no, that's all. That's all fair. That's why we have the comment section. Um, I said second half, 18 of 20, oh, yeah. 209 yards, two touchdowns is basically elite quarterback play, um, especially when you consider some of the throws he play, he he made over that stretch because there was some great stuff. I think we can focus specifically on the throw to Garrett Wilson on the, on the first touchdown drive. But um, he let it rip, and it didn't backfire. Absolutely. I think the play that kind of like – Open the floodgates, and, I, and everybody's talked about this play, so I'm not the first one to re- reference it. But he, it was a third and long play, which you know the Jets have been very bad at third and long. They went run, run on the first two plays. They did do better a job of like throwing a first down in this game, I'll say. But um, it's third and long. They're at like the they're at the Texans like 40. Zach is nearly about to get sacked. Evades it, rolls out. He's looking at Alan Lazard. He sees there's a safety near Alan Lazard. Um, and he knows where Garrett's going to be. Like he said, he said this after the game. He like he knew where Garrett was supposed to be, so he threw it to where Garrett was supposed to be, which was three defenders and Garrett. And he hit Garrett perfectly for a long first down. And that was like backyard football, Zach. That's like that. Those are the, he's made some highlights like that in his career. That's not like you know the first time he's done that, but um, that was like the Zach that we've been looking for all season long. Uh, he did that against the Chiefs to a degree, but after that play is when it all just kind of took off and Zach made a good point in the post game. You know, he said, you know, the biggest thing is making the easy throws. And as we know, he's had some trouble with the easy throws over the, over these three years. Uh, so completing the easy ones, getting the ball to Brees Hall, getting the ball to Tyler Conklin. Like you saw him using his weapons, uh, getting them the ball quickly, not holding on to the ball too long. He had a sack in the very first drive of the game where they were finally moving on the first drive. And he took a sack and it kind of put them out of field goal range. He admitted he took the sack. Um, and he needed to get rid of the ball as quickly as he could, and he didn't. But, you know, it didn't it didn't linger. So I think there really was, like, an effort attitude. And some of the quotes in the locker room, there's um, – I didn't have this quote, so I'll, I'll credit ESPN. But DJ Reed said that Zach said to the guys um, that, like, what do I have to lose? Are they just going to bench me again? Like, and it took this insane start to a career maybe, and maybe this launches something, and he plays well these last four games. We need to see him do it two games in a row, which we've never seen him do. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that second half, he was just, you know, he, as Garrett Wilson said, he was throwing, he was throwing dots in the rain. Um, it was not like easy weather environment. Um, it was a, like a, a loving crowd. Like when he went out at the beginning of the game, he got cheers, which, you know, as everybody in here knows, like he's been booed more than he's been cheered probably in his career. So I think it was, he, kinda, uh, it was he very all those, he owes all those cheers to you, Zach. For your <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, the the one thing about that throw is it was and it was great and it and it hit Zach right where he needed it and all that but it was definitely one of those no 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 yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays, right like because it goes against everything they say turn you know throwing back across your body and yeah, totally. all of that stuff but there are quarterbacks that can do that and it was a heck of a throw so I'm not going to fault him for it because honestly even if that one gets picked off and he continues to make all the throws he was making like quarterbacks that try stuff and try to do that stuff are going to get intercepted occasionally. So, um, yeah, the other throws that impressed me, he looked for Garrett all over the field. I felt like, I felt like he was consciously throughout this game looking for Garrett, but there was a couple of throws 
down the seam to tight ends that were covered. And he threw it just over the head, basically just over the head of the linebacker to find the tie. I think one, one was to Conklin and one was to Ruckert, I think. Um, yeah. And those were great throws too, because they're, yep. they're to covered receivers, but you're throwing it to where only your guy can make the play. And both, both plays were great catches by the tight ends, but the the defender was never, you know, the way he put the ball there, the defender couldn't make a play on it. And those I thought were special throws too. Yeah. He was hitting his tight ends really well. Like both Ruckert and Conklin had some great throws. I, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you kind of saw, you know, I think all the talk both publicly and privately that like the Jets were shorthanded, I think was not really accurate. Cause I think you have a really good tight end. You have a really good in Conklin. You have a really good wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, you have a really good running back and Brees Hall. Like having a, three guys like that. Um, not a lot of teams have like that kind of trio. So having the quarterback who's actually able to get them the ball clearly makes a difference. And it makes you wonder what this offense can be next year when they have a Rogers and when they get a number two receiver and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I think a big thing, <laughs> Lou Giordano, I'll, I'll just read this because it's a good comment. I drove two hours to this game while I was sitting in the monsoon at halftime of zero zero game. I was deeply questioning my life choices. Glad they made it worth it. Um, it was a, it was the most, most sparse crowd of the year. And as I said on Twitter, I didn't blame anybody for not showing up to this, especially considering the context of the season. Um, but yeah, like Zach, you know, they were getting him, they were rolling him out, play action. They were doing some trick plays. They were, you know, some end arounds to Xavier Gibson. They, they, the thing Salah had a quote about we we were gonna, we're not going to we were not going to hold anything back we were you know going to the bag of tricks or whatever whatever the quote was exactly and again it's like why wait why did you guys wait this long to do that um, I think you did see somebody reference this in the chat earlier um, like last week they definitely like the play calling was better last week too with Boyle but Boyle was just like not seeing any of the guys down the field uh, and this week they had a guy who was hitting these guys even when they weren't open he was hitting them and to your point like. Um, like the throw Zach made where it's like, you don't, you don't want guys to do that. Like those are the kind of plays he was making at BYU, which is why the Jets got like suckered in and, you know, thought, okay, he can make like the Holmesian type throws. And Garrett Wilson, he was like, there's only like, there's not many people in the world who can make that kind of throw is what, he, what Garrett Wilson said. Um, and so, yeah, the, you know, this is a, it's a very interesting game because there's like so many layers to what it means. Like I said, I keep referencing this, but I just, I can't stop thinking about like if Zach Wilson had shown this earlier, like this team would be in playoff position because the AFC is pretty open. Um, but they're they're probably still not in it. But also, what does this mean for Zach's future? What does it mean for coaching staff's future? Like, what does it mean for this season, next season? Like, there's so many things. But at, at the end of the day, like Zach deserves a round of applause. He came out there, he quieted a lot of people for now. Like, it's one week again. Like, I, I don't think I think it's fair to like, you know, chill. But I do think it's worth like, especially considering the circumstances, all the all the kind of noise from this week, um, from our report and just others, just in general, like him being. Last year, we saw what happened when he got reinserted after being benched already, and he was not ready for it. And um, so, yeah, something about everything that transpired led to this moment, and and Zach deserves a lot of credit because you know, I mean, the the defense deserves even more credit, frankly, because I think they just absolutely dominated CJ Stroud. But um, Zach Wilson, like doing his part, like we haven't seen that all season. So, I, I was thinking about kind of what you just said as far as like when it happened and like on one hand you could think like well maybe if they hadn't benched him and gone to Tim Boyle these last two games were winnable opportunities with Zach in the game and maybe they'd be in a completely different position now right and and very much in the hunt but on the other hand 
if you don't bench Zach Wilson and bring him back, does he play like this? Or is it just yeah. the same thing and you lose those two games anyway? I there's I mean, we'll never know the answer. Chicken, it's chicken <laughs> or the egg kind of thing, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll never we'll never know. Um so the play calling in the third quarter, they threw on first down five times. I mean, yeah. that's that's telling. Uh, tip of the cap to hack it, but again, like where's that been? Um, same kind of thing. Six for 15 on third downs, which isn't amazing, but for this team, it's pretty good. And three for three in the red zone. They're going to pull themselves back. We, we've shown the graph, right, like where they are as far as yeah. um, red zone and third down and how they're – they're basically a unicorn versus the rest of the league and how bad it's been. Uh, but that they're going to pull themselves back towards the, uh, the mean with that performance um, going three for three in the red zone. So all of this and the O-line wasn't super helpful, Zach. Uh, 15 <laughs> pressures, is, five Which sacks. might be the most, imp- sorry to cut you off, but might be the most impressive part about Zach's performance. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, five, 15 pressures, five sacks, two quarterback hits. So it's not like he was like, sitting back there clean in this game. Yeah. Uh, it was the same struggling offensive line. I think it was the 10th offensive line, different offensive line in 13 games. Uh, there was bang ups along the way in this game too, where you had other guys in there. So the offensive line not fixed, but Zach able to overcome it. I mean, not only not fixed, but somehow got into like maybe it's worst state that we've seen in a while. <laughs> like they, they started a guy that legit, I only know what he looks like because at a certain point over the last few weeks, somebody said he looked like Joe Tittman. So we each kind of look say he looks like a bizarre Joe Tittman. But Jake Hansen started at right guard. He's a guy that I would guess most of the fan base has never heard of before. There's been a few cases of that happening this season. He started at right guard. They signed him from the practice squad in November. Max Mitchell started at right tackle again. He got hurt. Billy Turner goes in. Joe Tittman was out of the game for a little bit, and Chris Glazer had to go in. Um, Makai Becton had a rough, rough game. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's banged up. I don't know. But um, I, I think he hasn't played very well lately. Lakin Tomlinson's been like the <laughs> only person to say healthy. He deserves whatever you think about him as a player. Like the fact that he's been the only person to play every game, every snap, all that stuff is kind of wild. But yeah, the offensive line did not look good. Dwayne Brown, I think he, he's pretty, he actually ran a route in the red zone as like a, the, the jumbo tight end, which is kind of funny. But it seems like that's kind of where he's at. I don't know if he's fully healthy enough to actually play. So I don't think they view him as an option necessarily. Um, and I don't think he wants to go out without playing kind of thing. So I imagine this is kind of like, you know, their way of kind of meeting halfway, but um, yeah, the offensive line was bad and they still were able to, they didn't really run the ball that great. Uh, Dalvin cook technically got the start. I, I think Brees is a little banged up, but Brees played out of his mind as a pass catcher. So uh, that worked out fine. But yeah, the, the O-line is going to be a problem the rest of the year um, because I don't, you know, West Schweitzer went back on IR after coming back for one week. So his, we hardly knew U.S. Like he was, <laughs> he was his first year here and was mostly injured. And um, I don't think Connor McGovern's coming back. So, you know, you hope you get some, you get some Carter Warren, by the way, popped up on the injury report on Friday. That's why he didn't start. They were optimistic about him and his, and his like getting some reps and then he gets hurt. He hurts his hip. Uh, you know, whenever an injury pops up on Friday, it's always a bad sign. And so you want to get these guys reps because next year that we have, this will be a topic for another day, but like, we don't even have any idea outside of like Joe Titman and maybe Lakin, I guess, like who who's locked in next year. Like yeah. AVT probably, but you know, he's coming off an injury. When's he going to be ready? Achilles is a little different for O-Lyman than it is for, you know, 40 year old quarterbacks who love a uh, bone broth. Um, but I, uh, yeah. So it, 
the O-line, that's another thing Zach deserves credit for because he's been bad against pressure in his career, and he was good. I think somebody asked what his time to throw was. I think I saw on True Media it was like 2.7. I think that's probably skewed a little because because of those long running plays where he was getting out and actually like making the throws. Whereas in the past that it was high because he was running around and not doing anything good or getting sacked after three seconds or whatever. But um, I do think he was getting rid of the ball quickly for the most part, I would say. And then um, the, you mentioned Brees. I feel like we should give a little more credit to Brees too and get into that. Um, 10 carries, 40 yards, not terrible. Four yards carry on the yeah. ground. Um and then, but through the air, he was explosive. And you talked about it early on about Zach making the easy throws. And this is what can happen, right? There was a couple of real easy throws to Brees where he was able to turn it upfield and make something happen because he's so electric. But I think what I'm trying to think when it happened, but it was a quick play action to Brees and Brees just kind of drifted off into the flat. And Zach looked downfield quickly and then knew he was there, hit him, and then it was wide open running. I think he ended up with over 20 yards on the play. Um, but those are the plays where in the past he skips it. And then, you know, a touchdown drive it becomes nothing and a punt. And this t- yesterday, not only was he not missing the guys, but I felt like he was putting them in a good position to make the play and do something with it as opposed to just like somewhere in their area. Um, but but Brees, the big benefactor of – Zach not being afraid to check down and find his running backs throughout this game. Yeah, Brees was showing. I thought he kept feeling. It kept feeling like he was really close to breaking one. And usually, when you feel like he's close, he's when he does. He didn't quite get there, but he. I mean, eight catches for eighty-six yards and a touchdown. As you said, ten carries, forty yards. This is the best he's been in a long time because he's been really struggling lately. Um, I I do wonder how they're gonna what the usage is gonna look like on him over these last four games, especially. You know, I mean they're mathematically not eliminated but i think they're still at one percent um to make the playoffs like do they want to overwork Brees? but ultimately um yeah this is very encouraging and again this kind of like goes into what i was saying earlier like you kind of saw a glimpse of like what this team can be when they have good quarterback play uh and you know that was definitely the biggest thing holding them back this year i think play calling as we've covered here has been also a significant issue but um yeah Brees was you need it. I think you needed a game like that with everything that's been going on for sure. Um, and the combo, like I said, of him, Brees and Tyler Conklin, and kind of making these really like, like Tyler Conklin made a couple of catches that were pretty great. Um, like catching it over dudes. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that's a, that's a great trio. And I really do think if they get a wide receiver too, maybe it's Devontae Adams, maybe it's not, but if they get a better wide receiver too, I mean, the all lines obviously still going to be an issue, but you have Rogers and these guys, like, I think this could be a really fun offense. So, um, it's kind of, it's, this is kind of like one of those what if things that we'll be thinking about all year. Like what would this offensive look like? Um, it, it was, Conklin's been great. Cause he talks to us after every game and he, he's been like so exasperated. He's like, I don't know what you guys want me to tell you. Like I, I have nothing for you. And this week he was like, I'll be honest, like going to the sideline after a touchdown was great because we haven't done that in a while. And we got to do it a few times today. Like it was just a great feeling finally just being on the sideline after scoring instead of going three and out or whatever. So, um, the, the weapons in the offense were happy. Whereas I think a lot of guys, especially with Garrett, as I wrote about last week, how they're wasting him. Um, he just seemed like so sad and like upset about um, just the way things had gone. And he, he, again, as a young leader was like out of words to say. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I think it's encouraging for those guys because it get, maybe it gets them up and gets them even more juiced as you go into these last couple of games. You know, the, the Dolphins are going to be a hard game. We'll talk about that later in the week, but um 
you feel better about this offense at least if Zach can make the easy throws. He doesn't need to throw 300 every game, but if he can make the easy throws, get these guys the ball, let them make the plays, then this offense can at least show, show some progress. Yeah, it felt like the season was really taking a toll on Garrett Wilson, and it must have been kind of a a weight off his shoulders too, just to be able to see, you know, 100 yards receiving and no touchdown, but like nine catches and getting consistent targets and all of that. And and it showed in his, he was praising Zach after the game, which is cool to to see and, and probably a positive for Garrett going forward to be able to just finish this season strong. All right, we should talk a little bit more about the defense in the first half of this game. So the first half, 11 straight punts, which... I think if you've consistently watched the Jets play, you're almost used to at this point, right? Where (laughs) they can't move the ball, they punt. The defense is fantastic. The other team punts. Uh, Another great game for Morstead, by the way. Another great game for Morstead. He was killing it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Braden Mann, by the way, last night. Oh, man. I I was thinking about that game. (laughs) Big fake punt first down for the Eagles. I know they got killed, but um, (laughs) CJ Stroud, like add him to the list of. Great Victims, quarterback. Yeah. I, I think we can call him a great quarterback at this point, right? I mean, he's got to yeah, win. He is, yeah. He's got to win rookie of the year going away. Um, 10 of 23, 91 yards. Of course, he left the game and we, and we hope he's okay. Banged his head yeah. on the turf and is in concussion protocols. But that was late in the game. They shut him down completely. Texans as a whole were averaging 373 yards per game coming into this one. 135 on Sunday. Um, I can't remember who it was on the defense. I think it was Reed said that this was the best performance of the season for this defense, which is saying something. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to say that uh, because I do think the Texans, their receiver group was like just decimated. Uh, Tank Dell yeah. already was out. Uh, Nick, Nico Collins, who had a catch on sauce at the beginning of the game, got hurt. And once they, and they already didn't have their tight end. So, they weren't playing with – I'm not going to, like, make excuses for them. The Jets absolutely dominated them, and they probably still would have even with those guys. But um, that should be noted because, like, I think shutting down the Chiefs was more impressive to me than than this game um, and the Eagles, like shutting down Jalen Hurts, uh, although it seems like that's happened more often lately. But, um, yeah, yeah, they were just absolutely dominant. The defense was getting pressure. Bryce Huff had a great game. Uh, it's his first great game in a while. I think he had quieted down a little bit. Uh, Quinn and Williams was utterly dominant. And Sauce Garner and DJ Reed and Michael Carter the second, like the three of them remain, I think, the best cornerback room in the NFL. They showed it again. They, there's a few missed interceptions throughout this game. Uh, I think CJ Mosley came close to one. I think there was another one. Maybe Michael Carter came close to one. Um, but yeah, you know, this defense, I think Jeff Ulbrich, uh, I don't know how much more I could praise him, but I, I think he has flown on the radar league wide because of how bad the Jets have been overall. But like the way the defense is still stuck together, play, they've had pretty good health luck, I should say. Like, again, like I, that was one thing I talked to you about at the beginning of the year. Like, if there's anything that's going to like mess this thing up, it's going to be they're not going to have the same amount of health luck. Like, who have they really lost? They had the game where they didn't have sauce and DJ and they won. Um, they haven't really lost any. Like, Carl Lawson was banged up and then he's been healthy and hasn't played. They haven't needed him. They lost Al Woods. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, they really haven't dealt with injuries. So, um, that's huge, but like Jeff Ulbrich, he's done some really clever stuff to confuse these quarterbacks. He throws, they don't blitz very often, but he really finds the right spots to do it. I think they had a blitz. I forget. I think it was in the first half. Uh, and whatever they do in the secondary, Tony Odin and Mark on Manuel, like the work they do with that secondary, like they, these quarterbacks just like, don't know what they have coming to them. And so I, 
I think Jeff Ulbrich absolutely deserves to be a head coach. I hope he gets interviews because he deserves it. I don't know if he'll get, get it. It seems like teams are generally leaning towards offensive coordinator, play, play caller type guys. But, um, yeah, I think Ulbrich – I think this fan base did not like him very much through the first two years um, as they were getting their personnel together and figuring out who they had there. And, and I think the, the defensive line rotation always annoyed people and the lack of uh, you know blitzes and sacks and stuff. But I think you're seeing – Jeff Ulbrich, when he has the full capabilities of of you know, personnel, I I think he's a head coach, and I think even just like his personality and the way he motivates these guys, I know how beloved he is in that building. I I, I don't think I could say enough things about him because I I think he's a stud as a coordinator, and I think Jets fans should be happy that they have him. I was going to follow up and say what you know we know the X's and O's obviously and and all that, but what about the the other stuff? How how he talks to this team and everything. Yeah. You see that as head coach worthy too. Absolutely. I see him as a Dan Campbell type, frankly, especially after watching yeah. hard knocks, you kind of saw it a little bit. Like he, he's, he's got a little bit of a potty mouth, but I think he's, he's a former <laughs> linebacker. He was, he's one of those like tough as nails. Like if you look at the photos of him, he looks like a, I mean, he played in the two thousands, but he looks like an old school. Line. He had like a blonde streak in his hair. He's by the end of his career. He's a special teams guy. He played with guys like Patrick Willis, Takeo spikes, like really tough, tough dudes. I was actually reading a funny story, old story about him randomly um, earlier today. Cause I was just looking up some stuff on him and there was a story about how he, uh, he like, you know, guys with all this money, have all these nice cars and he was the only guy in the team with a Prius cause he wanted to be environmentally sound, <laughs> which is like, not like, like for a, t- it's kind of like contradictory to everything I was just saying. Cause that's not like a tough guy car or anything, but it was just funny to me that, you know, this, this guy who would probably probably play through a lot of injuries in his life and concussions and stuff is driving around an environmentally conscious car and, yeah, I just think he he endears himself to the entire building. The coaching staff loves him. I I think, and in any building, you're going to have some people who love a guy, some who don't. I I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't like Jeff Ulbrich in that building. All right, let's talk about what this game means for other people. Ulbrich uh, was safe, obviously, with the way this defense is. But we had started to talk about, hey, if this team lose ten loses ten in a row, and looks like they've looked, do you have to yeah. think about right, like? head coach, general manager, offensive coordinator, all those other guys. Um, it feels like and one game probably shouldn't wash all that away, but it almost feels like it does because of like the glimpse that we saw, right? There's like, oh, that's right. This is what this team could be. And it gives you kind of that glimmer of hope. And, and Woody Johnson saw that too, I assume. Yeah, you know, I – I think the general fe- everybody's even through this losing streak has felt like they're safe. And I, I, but as we've talked about, like that, and as you just said, like a ten game losing streak is hard to come back from. So, and you have like rumblings in the locker room and leaks getting out, and people who are frustrated, and you know, other stuff I've heard that I won't share right now. But um, yeah, I, I think that win does give this team a little breathing room because it's like evidence that they can bring to Woody. Like, look, this is what it looks like when we have a quarterback, and we're going to have one when Aaron Rodgers is back next year. And, and so ultimately I think this will go as long as these last, and you know, maybe I should knock on wood here, but as long as these last four games aren't an absolute disaster, as long as Robert Solid doesn't have a Joe judge type of meltdown, I do think everybody's probably safe. Like I, I, I I've said that anyway, cause I think Rogers does support this group and that's the biggest factor, obviously. Uh, and so I think that everybody will get a shot. And I was just talking about the sack for Ultimately, if you just look at the pure facts, like I, there's context, obviously, uh, and it's a very unique situation with the Rodgers injury and all that stuff. But if you just look at the history of the NFL, especially recent history, number one, coaches and GMs 
with a with a guy who I think he'll qualify as a bust even with this game, uh, who drafted a bust at number two overall. Uh, I usually don't survive this long, especially not to a fourth year GM and coach. A GM and coach, well, for Joe Douglas has been here longer. Like, if you haven't sniffed the playoffs this long into your tenure, like, usually you don't survive. And, and like, Salah through three years, his record is is pretty bad. And, you know, if they get seven wins, it would be kind of a positive at this point because of where they were, like, a week ago. And that's still, like, three years where seven wins is where you're topping out at. So, I, uh, like, the, again, I know there's context, but ultimately, like, it, it's pretty unprecedented. And so there's – if there was not pressure on them this year, there's going to be next year. Like, no matter what happens, you can't make the excuse of the injury of the quarterback. You can't make any excuses. Like, they go into next year and – it does not go well. Everybody knows they're they're losing their jobs. And I think that was probably going to be the case if Rodgers was healthy this year and they missed the playoffs. Like, I think even then you would have been like, uh-oh. Um, weirdly, the Rodgers injury maybe saved them from that kind of disappointment. But, um, yeah, so there you go. So, so Rodgers is still going to be 40 next year, by the way. Um, and Zach Wilson, who knows, right? So... W- what does a performance like this mean for Zach with this team? And I would imagine regardless, like they have to, unless he does this for the next month, right? They have to, they have to do what they didn't do this year. They have to have a legitimate backup quarterback who, when your 40 year old quarterback gets injured, can step in and still get this team to the playoffs. They have to. I mean, so I don't know if that means yeah. like obviously it makes life easier if the, if Zach balls out like this the rest of the season, although you still have to figure out what, the, you know, you didn't pick up his option. So that's still complicated. And then otherwise, I don't know uh, what you do with him, right? This it's very complicated. Somebody in the chat earlier asked, uh, like, what if he d- plays this way for the last four right. games? Like, do they have to keep him at that point? I actually kind of almost think the opposite. I think if he balls out like that, then his value is going to be at its highest point. Right. Um, And I, and I do think even if he plays well, I do, it does still feel like all parties probably better off parting ways. And I think Zach could do well outside of this environment. Um, And so I, that's the, I think Zach, even this game probably, you know, played his way into, you know, another opportunity. Like I think he showed enough in this game that there's going to be a team that looks at him, even if he struggles these last four games, the team's going to look at him and say, there's something here. If we can get the good coaching around him, we can get the good structure. Uh, you know, and he, like a team like the, like one of those, the Chiefs, the Eagles, one of these teams that's like good at developing quarterbacks. I think that would be fascinating to me. Before this game, there was no value in a trade. I think now I may be changing my opinion on that. So, yeah, that's going to be a very interesting topic. To they have to make a decision on his fifth-year option, I believe, in May. I imagine they would decline it unless he absolutely balls out, like we said, and then they feel like they have a trade chip that they can use at some point. Um, but yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be one of the more interesting. There's a bunch of uh, interesting guys with roster decisions they have to make, which I'll write about in the upcoming weeks. But Zach is obviously the most interesting one. And then the last thing I think we need to talk on is what does this win mean for Aaron Rodgers this year? Is this make it any more likely that he gets back on the field late in the season? I was thinking that last night, like, oh, man, he's going to play, isn't he? Um, I was saying that. Um, I get the sense that maybe it won't be this week if he does. So I think this Dolphins game might determine that. Like, if they upset the Dolphins, um, I think we're on real Aaron Rodgers' watch for that Washington game, which has been his goal the whole time. If they lose, 
still think it's possible, but I, as I've said on here, I've always predicted that he won't be coming back. I just think it's not worth the risk. Um, and so, yeah, if I'm sitting here right now, I'm still saying he doesn't, but if they somehow pull out an upset against the Dolphins, uh, I think it's a real, again, they're still not going to make the playoffs, which is why it's still not worth it ultimately. Uh, Cause they, they really, I think, again, I think they're at a 1% chance still. I think if they won out, they're still only at like 15 or 20%. Like they really have to have a lot happen around them because they've had a bunch of AFC losses. So I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I don't think it's, it's again, it's not a 0% chance, which is still crazy to think about, but. Um, I think this week will be pretty telling. If he actually pre- he's been resting on Wednesdays lately, if he practices on Wednesday, I think that would be an interesting sign. Uh, if he practices all week and gets out of the week feeling good, we go into the next week. They either play well or they win. Then we're t- then I think he might play in that Washington game. But if they lose this game, I just think they shut it down at that point. Maybe they don't like announce they're shutting it down, but I think they do. The other interesting thing, if they win, right? You would imagine if they beat the Dolphins. Zach has to play well because this offense, yeah. as good as the Jets' defense is, they're not going to completely shut down this Miami Dolphins offense. I would imagine they're going to get their points. I think you're going to have to score in the 20s to beat them. So yeah. then you're living in a world where Zach has played well two weeks in a row. And would you rather see what Zach has and just let him keep playing? Or would you rather see Aaron Rodgers? You know what I mean? Yeah. As a franchise, I would almost at that point be like, no, Aaron, I mean, you can't. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we, we'd like to just to. kind of roll with Zach here and see what he can give us the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think that's the goal is to play Zach the rest of the year. I think that's what they believe. Um, and and Salah said something about the idea of Rogers playing this week. You said I wouldn't hold your breath, kind of thing. Um, although as, as fans are always on the money with the are always cracking me up with the stuff. Whenever it's an injury related thing with Salah, they're they always immediately respond like okay so he's playing this weekend because <laughs> it's always the opposite of it like that happened with Brees where he said okay Brees should be fine for Sunday but oh great Brees is out for the year isn't he <laughs> uh but yeah so I yeah I mean we're on Rogers watch until the end of time ultimately <laughs> so we'll always be on Rogers watch that's I'll be in Rogers watch until the day I die it seems like <sighs> all right anything else before <laughs> we say goodbye this one's actually we're kind of short but it's because you can only praise Zach for so long yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think. I feel like we've covered most of the things. Uh, Thomas Morrison and Greg Zerline are still both on the Oh, Zerline. We we'll didn't say, mention Zerline. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Zerline was automatic. great. Yeah, he is automatic. I, I will say something we didn't talk about. On our, I can't remember if it happened before or after last. So they released the first like top 10 each position in Pro Bowl voting. And it's it's only fans, so I wouldn't put too much stock into it. But the Jets were like very absent, including guys like Sauce Gardner, who I thought would be there. Um, he had like a he, he was talking about it actually the other day. He said, that for whatever reason, fan, other fan bases don't like him um, because he because he gets so much hype and he and he talks about it or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, they didn't have like Quinn and Williams not in the top ten. Um, I can't remember. I don't think Quincy was like a lot of the guys that I thought would be doing well were not. So something to think about. Uh, I think Thomas Moore said was. I don't remember if Greg Zerline was, but. Um, yeah, so I'm, I do think Sauce will ultimately make it, but it was interesting to me that he wasn't even in the top 10. It's uh, when you struggle, it has an effect on a lot of different things. Like if you think back to last year, this team was off. They got off to such a good start that I feel like in people's minds, they were a winning team, even though they they then faded. But this year, the fade started so much earlier. I think it it does have an impact on those votes and all that stuff. 
Although yeah. people have seen them play a lot. They've seen this defense dominate on prime time a lot, but yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back later this week, getting you ready for the dolphins game. That's, sh- that should be a lot of fun. Uh, look forward to seeing this defense against an offense. That's just really clicking right now um, with big time weapons all over the field. That's going to be a lot of fun and we'll see if Zach Wilson can, keep things going. We'll talk about it later this week. Thanks for joining us on the Can't Wait Podcast.